Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Wes Goldberg, host of Locked On Warriors, here with David Vermill, the host of Locked On Heat, as well as a new contributor to the Locked On Podcast Network, who we're really excited about. Renee Washington is the new host of Locked On Wizards. Renee does work with ESPN and Fox. She's a three-time All-American soccer player, Renee. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. My question for you is this. Do you plan to be better at podcasting than the Wizards are at basketball? Wow. Oh, ow. Low blow. <laughs> well, hello to you guys, too. What a welcome. <laughs> it was so nice until that very low blow, hitting below the belt there. Um, yes, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> I, no, absolutely. You know, the the Wizards are definitely not a team that's really doing well right now. So um, I'm hoping that my podcast can do not only better, but exceptionally better than what we're seeing from the Wizards right now. So, right. yes. Or do you see the Wizards as a strong title contender in the Orlando bubble? That was pure sarcasm. I'm sorry if you oh, didn't catch that. Ouch. You, you know, I'm just going to see myself out now because. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want oh. we we wanted to start today's show with something fun. Um, we had a great idea for a segment about what team we would want to spend the bubble in with. But uh, just before we started recording here, it was announced that two of the 322 players on the NBA campus in Florida have tested positive for the coronavirus in the NBA's bubble. Renee, how big of a concern is this, considering we're just only a few few days into this whole thing? This is extremely concerning, and I have been seeing a lot of reports that have been coming out that have been alluding to concern around the player safety and a variety of different reports. So when um, ESPN's Malika Andrews dropped the information that two players did test positive, Positive. On top of the fact that we already received news about Russell Westbrook testing positive, I know on the Wizards side, a few players have tested positive and didn't go to Orlando altogether. But the fact that more and more names are coming out and then now it's infiltrated the bubble. The bubble is, looks like it's slowly getting popped in a sense. And it's not a good thing, especially with all that we have heard leading up to it that's going to go into protecting these players. And although a lot of us have been very weary of the fact that it's a pandemic, we're not talking about anything that we've ever seen before, the way it's hit our world has been completely unprecedented. So this is not something we know how to really prepare for. And I know people jokingly were talking about Joel Embiid's hazmat suit when he showed up. And it's been a lot going on around, a lot of chatter around the bubble. But to see two players test, or we don't even know who tested positive exactly yet, but to see that two people tested positive makes you have to wonder. It's only been a couple days that they've been down there and already two people tested positive. How many people have they been around? How many people have they interacted with? So many questions that this brings up because two might be small right now, but we all have seen the way this pandemic has run through our world. So two can easily and unfortunately, scarily become a lot more. Well, from what we've seen so far, Renee, it seems like the two players have never gotten out of quarantine. So at least that's a little bit of comfort for the NBA staff and players that are there because apparently they traveled presumably with their respective teams again since we don't know as you alluded that we don't know who these players are they did travel there they were kept in quarantine they tested positively while they were in orlando and they've never been cleared from quarantine so it's not like they were among the players that have been engaging in practices and things of that sort over the last few days of the bubble so hopefully their interactions have been very very limited but you're absolutely right though this this is a huge concern because we're starting to see more players kind of try and escape the bubble. We've already had a couple of players uh, try to get out of the whole uh, quarantine situation in the bubble. 
And so, again, within a week, we're already starting to see these kinds of activities, and it's going to be very difficult to maintain the integrity of this over the next month, two months, or three months, depending on how long a playoff run could last. So this is a concern and something that we've talked about a number of times on the show before is that I've always kind of viewed this as, you know, who is able to to endure the most over the next few weeks, months in order to get to a title, because there are going to be positive cases on almost every team. I, I can't see any team being able to escape 100 percent without having a player test positively on their roster. Well, that's the point, too. And and if maybe let me just kind of spin this positive. Um, at least they caught it now before the games, before the scrimmages started. That's sort of the whole idea of the day-to-day testing, right? Is that you catch it while they're in their rooms, while they're being uh, isolated, and you and you limit the exposure to the other players. Uh, at least from an organizational standpoint, yeah, you're always going to have these these guys who are going to try to escape the quarantine. They've already been punished. It seems like the NBA is acting swiftly with that, and the teams are acting swiftly with that. And at least they're catching these these positive cases now. As opposed to when they're when they're playing and or when and, and they could they're exposed to these other guys their their teammates or their opponents whoever it is I don't think that there was ever an expectation that they were gonna go through this whole thing without a positive test it's just a matter of all right we have this thing structurally where if somebody tests positive we can just put them in a hotel room for seven days and and continue to test them and monitor them before they're able to spread it which is sort of what this whole sci-fi experiment of the bubble is all about because you can't do that in real life, right? You can't control people who test positive and still go out to bars or um, get on a plane or do whatever. Like You, you, you can't, as a, as a society, just force them in. But the NBA is trying to do this, this, this experiment where if somebody does test positive, they can control that individual and hopefully stop that individual from spreading um, the way that this thing has spread throughout the country. It, it seems like, by and large, the the NBA has done a pretty good job. I think most players have, you know, publicly stated on the, on these media Zoom calls that we've all seen over the last few days that the the league has done a phenomenal job of ensuring the safety of the players and the people that are all there, the team personnel and and, and things of that sort. So, I, I I think you know they've been doing the best possible, but it, it, we've talked about this a million times. There's no way of ensuring the integrity of this bubble will remain at a hundred percent over the next three months that this process is taking place. And so there is going to be some risk involved. It's probably safer, as you alluded to, than the world at large, but it's it's still going to be a huge concern moving forward. Renee, are you more concerned about the two positive cases or the examples of the people trying to break the bubble, the Rashawn Holmes of the world? Are you more concerned about that or the two positive cases? Well, that actually has always been an issue for me in general. I mean, how do you expect these athletes and anyone that's that's quarantined for that matter to be able to sit still i mean you you're taking players who are used to flying all over traveling all over really having the 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 opportunity to be able to go out where they want or or whatever it may be now they're all in orlando and you're telling them up you can't leave you got to stay here you know it's the basketball court press conferences, the Zoom ones, of course, and then back to your room. You know, that's it. And trying to keep them on this structured schedule that almost feels like you're back in a college preseason feeling. And so it is it isn't for that reason in itself something that's a concern to me. I mean, I've seen social media posts from all different sides. I don't know what's true and what's not true, but people talking about, hey, look, the top players are all in Orlando. I'm going to Orlando. You know, unfortunately, 
there are people that will look at this, look across the, all sports. A lot of major sports are in Florida right now. Mm-hmm. And so you have to wonder about not only on the, the player's side, the groupies and, and different aspects that go into the game. We can't act like these things do not exist. So for players, they're going to get stir crazy especially anyone that is used to being able to go to practice and then in the evening they're go, you know, going out or whatever it may be to now say, no, you can't do any of that for the next however long, however many months, depending on how far your team goes. So honestly, I would not be surprised if this is not only the first time you see this, but unfortunately if you see it again in the future. So we'll have to see how they continue to handle that. I think this is setting the, the ground rules of no, we're not, this is unacceptable. We're not going to tolerate this, but these are adults, not children. It's hard to try to try to monitor adults like you would if you were dealing with just kids away at an AAU tournament. Well, you say Renee. that they're adults and not children, but <laughs> you have a guy like Rashawn Holmes who is breaking quarantine to go get takeout food. I mean, I mean, excuse me finding the humor in this, but of course he plays for the Sacramento Kings, which is the child of, of the NBA. Uh, is there, before we get out of this segment, is there a takeout restaurant that you would just risk it all for within the first few <laughs> days of a bubble? Absolutely not. I haven't even been I've been quarantining myself and like not even ordering any food and takeout food and forcing myself to cook meals because of the fact that I take this so seriously. I think that's the biggest issue is that not everybody takes this as seriously as others. The world has been shut down. Sports have been put on hold. Schools closed. Yet some people still do not see the coronavirus and COVID-19 as a threat and as something that you have to take seriously. So that's part of the issue in itself. Everyone is not in the bubble right now thinking the same with having the fear of COVID-19. Some are honestly looking at this differently than others, whatever that may be, whatever that mentality may be. So not only do you have the fact that some are going to get stir crazy, some really might believe, there are unfortunately people I've talked to, that believe that this is a conspiracy. It's not really that bad. It's not really that serious. Although I'm sure the three of us can have this conversation and think, how? How do you possibly think that looking at the numbers? But unfortunately, there are people that do not take this seriously. You look across social media, people are at clubs, bars, partying, having cookouts. Like, there's not a pandemic still going on. So I would not be surprised, unfortunately, for Rashawn Holmes and possibly others that they are thinking, "Ah, I'm in Orlando. I want to enjoy this, too. I'm going to find my way to sneak out the bubble because some people do enjoy the opportunity to kind of bend the rules, break the rules and be able to do what they want. And that's a shame. But. Yeah, that's unfortunately the other issue that we're going to deal with when we're looking at the bubble. David, I know you take this very seriously, but I mean, a tofu burrito from Chipotle, would you break the bubble for that? <laughs> Absolutely not, man. I, I mean, look, I, I, I know we've seen some players kind of gripe about the food, but we've seen the other end of the spectrum, too, where I think, it, you know, you can accept whatever food they provide there. Uh, as much as I, I love a, a, a good uh, veggie burrito from somewhere, I'm not breaking that quarantine for anything because it's just ridiculous. I mean, it, what Holmes did, he, like he crossed some line there to pick up the food. So somebody from Postmates dropped it off and he went and crossed this line and, 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 and you know, penetrated the outside of the bubble there. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Or maybe it's not. Again, as you said, you know, from the Kings, you expect nothing else but that. <laughs> No, you guys are both better than me. I take this quarantine very seriously, the, the the coronavirus very seriously. But when I'm hungry, I can't focus or think on anything else. I will do anything it takes for me uh, to get some food. So I would probably break the bubble. I would be the Ah, target. you're breaking the bubble. I would break the wing bubble. Wing stop? Is it wing stop? It is, is that wing, where you yep. That's what it is. The lemon pepper lemon wings. Lemon pepper, damn yep. you. 
Dave, the Lakers you, and Rockets. You would mess, are... mess it up for the rest of us. I would. I would. I I would be Avery Bradley and just not show up. I would know. I would know where my limits are. Fair enough. Speaking of Avery Bradley, the Lakers and Rockets are already losing players before the season resumes. We'll talk about that next here on Locked On NBA. All right, let's get to some headlines from around the league, and you choose whether or not you want to discuss a topic. It's a segment we call Blow the Whistle. If you want to stop on a topic, just say, hey, Blow the Whistle. If not, we'll play on. Renee, Wes, are you ready? Absolutely. Ready. Right, sounds good. Rajon Rondo broke his right thumb in the practice there. The Lakers are now without Rondo for about six to eight weeks and will also be without Avery Bradley for the entire uh, entirety of the bubble season. Play on or blow the whistle. Wes, let's start with you. Let's blow the whistle because we talked briefly about Avery Bradley and what last week, right, David, where what that was going to mean for the Lakers rotation in the backcourt. Now you lose Rondo, who wasn't a huge part of the rotation. He wasn't playing a ton, but they did rely on him in spot minutes, spot cases where they needed a, a ball handler specifically. Um, and now you just you keep one guy goes down, another guy goes down. I mean, we are just getting to the point where we are going to see more of Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. This is great news for entertainment purposes. <laughs> Renee, where are you on this point? Speak for yourself, because as a LeBron James fan, and, you know, reporting aside as a, a LeBron James fan and now a Lakers fan by default, this is terrifying. This news is awful. And to see, I mean, once once we saw news that Avery Bradley was not going to be going to Orlando, that in itself was was tough just because of what he brings on both sides of the of the ball. And then you add in Rondo, who has championship experience, having won cha- a championship before, who has brings a lot of pieces, those intangibles, aside from just maybe stats, but more also just in terms of like leadership qualities and having an, another player in the rotation. And that's something that as we look at playoffs and, and especially championships, you need to have a, a – a number of players that you know can step in and, and just do their job, do their role, whatever their role may be, whether it's knocking down a big shot, whether it's, you know, just having someone that can help handle the ball and someone that is a smart player. And for me, J.R. Smith, going to have to go right at him because he has been, he barely made it into the bubble to begin with and already wow. has been having to ha- be told to stop showing inside things he's not supposed to be showing from the bubble. <laughs> J.R. Smith doesn't know what t- how much time is left in the game. We still can't get over that. Yes, I am still very upset about that uh, from back when the Cavs lost in game one when they could have won a couple years ago. And so, no, I don't have faith in J.R. Smith. And Deion Waiters is Deion Waiters. So I think for me the, the hardest part of this is it's one less player in the rotation to help what I was saying for the Lakers was an attribute having depth, having championship players along the roster. Besides, of course, LeBron James, but you look at players like Danny Green and Rondo and Anthony Davis and what all these different players bring. And that's one less guy that you can rely on as a role player to step up. So this is terrible news. (laughs) And, you know, I'm going to disagree with you there, Renee and Wes. I I think this is a play on situation here, to be honest with you, because he's only out for six to eight weeks, which seems like a drastic amount of time. But the long game has always been the focus here for LeBron. The Lakers are gearing for a championship run. Nothing short of that is going to matter. So if, if Rondo isn't available over the next six weeks of the eight regular season games and the first round of the playoffs, none of that really matters. And ultimately, as Wes said, 
Rondo isn't quite the impactful player that he once was, and so he's more of a figurehead, a guy with veteran experience, and he can still provide that. He's still going to be a mentor there on the sidelines. He's still going to be a person that can you know, take younger players or a guy, even, even a veteran like Deion Waiters, and kind of help steer them in the right direction, tell them exactly how to play again with LeBron James. And, and something that Wes and I spoke about last week, Renee, is that for guys like Deion and JR, they're fighting for the right to to prove themselves as NBA players. And so I think they're going to step up. But it's also for a guy like Alex Caruso to kind of take another leap in his development here. We've seen in the past that players can rise to the opportunity, rise to the challenge when somebody goes down to injury. I think the Lakers are going to be fine. And again, we'll see what matters in a couple, you know, a couple of months after Ronda returns and where the Lakers are by that point. But they should still be able to play for a title with or without Rondo because LeBron is LeBron. He's going to carry the load anyway. Let's I'm move on. Put this script on you. I'm sorry. I got one last bit there. All right. My only, my only major concern with a player like Rondo being out for, for which in the long run is not the entire. I mean, of course, depending on how far the Lakers go in the playoffs, the entire time they're in the bubble, I just know for a fact, having listened to what the players are saying in their pressers and and talking about after practice, having not played together for such a long time, for a team like the Lakers, you're not fighting to get into the playoffs at this point. You're you're fighting to get your team back, chemistry going, get everybody back in the in the terms of your plays and your rotations and things like that. So from that end, that's what actually hurts the most because Rondo's going to miss that time, and I'm going to look at those eight games for the Lakers almost like a preseason to work back into things. But he'll now be thrown into the game come playoff time. So it could be a double-edged sword, as you mentioned. It could work out very well to allow the players to step up, or it could be something that maybe takes a little away from him, but he's not a player that's going to be the changing whether or not the Lakers win or lose in that big of a situation, but will only be an asset if he's able to come back healthy and strong. I was Let's interested to Rondo. see. I, I, yeah, play, that, that's exactly where I was going to go. Playoff Rondo has been a real thing throughout his career. Look, even if he's 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 listed out for six to eight weeks, they'll probably be cautious with it, though I agree with Renee's right. point um, about you want to kind of get guys back in shape and get back in the mix and stuff. But we've seen Rondo come back early from injuries throughout the, his entire career. The one thing I will say, if you're looking for a silver lining in this, it might just force... Because Rondo, as a scorer, is a nothing person. But as but he's a, he's a really... Uh, he plays a big part as far as facilitating when LeBron's uh, on the bench. Um... This might force Anthony Davis to do more of that. Right. Uh, we know that Anthony Davis can handle the ball. We know that he's extremely versatile from that position, but he's had to do that a little bit less this year because he's not the only guy um, like he was in New Orleans. Apologies to Drew Holiday. But uh, with LeBron there, who's just dominated the ball. I mean, LeBron is, is shooting more than Anthony Davis does. Anthony Davis has, is averaging the few, fewest amount of field goal per, uh, attempts per game than he has in, in years. Um, and so I think... You lose guys like Bradley and Rondo, and you're forced to deal with guys like Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith a little bit more. It could force Anthony Davis to take on that much more responsibility, which is the best-case scenario for the Lakers because he and LeBron are your two best players by far. The biggest concern about playoff Rondo is whether or not the version that uh, the Dallas Mavericks had is the one that shows up for Los mm-hmm. Angeles. But let's move on. The Russell Westbrook, Russell, I'm sorry, Russell has tested positively for the coronavirus before traveling with the Rockets to Orlando, while Ford Bruno Caboclo broke his quarantine and will have to isolate for eight more days. Play on or blow the whistle. Renee, let's start with you on this one. Blow the whistle. Let's do it. Um, I think Russell Westbrook's news 
that he tested positive is big for many reasons. And no, this is not to anybody that has tested positive so far for COVID-19. This is one of the biggest name players that are healthy that have tested positive for COVID-19. So I know I'm very interested to see, you know, a lot of people have been saying, well, you know, the league's going to, of course, just continue to find a way to play on. And, and they will, you know, they they actually just released a statement that I was just reading about the fact that they're going to allow players that have tested positive to you know, safely quarantine, and then they had the option to potentially still come down to Orlando after two negative tests. So this will be very interesting to see how it plays out, especially for the Rockets and for Russell Westbrook being a big-name player, that this is the first name that we've heard that's a part of a team that could potentially win the championship and is a major-name player in the in the active players returning. So I am definitely curious to see what's going to happen from this. I've already seen the cancel the season tweets going bananas all over social media, but it's the first major name we've heard. And I don't know, guys, I'm curious to know your thoughts on how you think this will play out and affect the league, if at all. I thought going into this that the this break from March to now was going to benefit the Rockets maybe more than any other team because – this is a small ball team where Russell Westbrook was taking a huge role in, right? You you trade uh, Clint Capella, you open up the floor with a bunch of with five wings. Westbrook now has the space to get to the rim, and he's kind of playing center for that team at, at at points, doing the screen and roll stuff, and all these things. And he was thriving. I mean, playing the best basketball of his of his short Rockets tenure so far. And it seemed like things were going in the right direction. The coronavirus, the pandemic hits. The, the season's on break, and now you all have all those small ball bodies in Houston getting rested and maybe 100% healthy by the time these things rolled around. I thought that would give them a little bit of juice to start this whole thing. And rather than being 100% healthy and having that juice and having that momentum, you're losing your second best player in Russell Westbrook, uh, a guy like Bruno Caboclo, who's not a huge rotation player but newly acquired at the trade deadline. They were hoping to use him a little bit. Um, but more of like it just... It's what he stands for. His mistake is like, okay, you've got Westbrook actually falling ill to the coronavirus. You got Kaboko breaking quarantine. It kind of feels like the Rockets are a little bit of a mess right now, and that's not a great way to start the the NBA bubble if you're a team like Renee said with championship aspirations. Yeah, and we've also seen footage of them taking in an empty room in their hotel and converting it to a makeshift gym there. So. The idea was that the Rockets were going to be focused on winning a championship, but then this deals them a major blow. And to me, it kind of feels like the same old Rockets of the past, where now all of a sudden you have to shift to a version of this team that relies so heavily on James Harden. And I think a fantastic piece from Bleacher Reports, uh, Howard Beck recently kind of focused on the fact that no team that relies on any single player like the Rockets rely on Harden or have historically relied on Harden has ever had any kind of realistic title aspirations like that it's just not realistic for a team to rely on a single player there and be able to win a championship and now all of a sudden you have to kind of shift your focus a little bit if if Westbrook doesn't return to full strength then the Rockets will just will continue to be a, a team that falls apart in the playoffs they might already have a window closed on them before it's even actually opened in Orlando. And and something from that Beck piece is that there's this sense of finality when it comes to the Rockets that if they don't win it all this year that they, the time to blow it up is, is now, that maybe they'll have to move on from the uh, the James Harden experiment and that maybe there's no way of getting the right fit of players around Harden. It's going to be a very interesting thing to see how the Rockets move on at all. But, uh, you know, I, as far as Westbrook is concerned, we can only hope that he's healthy, that he comes back. Uh, and, and for Caboclo, I think there's also 
it's important to kind of get these things out of the way. Maybe other players will see how important it is to stay within the bubble, to not break quarantine. Maybe they'll be able to resist all the temptations, whether it's Instagram models or, or Postmates. Uh, somehow they'll be able to, to stay in their rooms and, and kind of keep focus on what their jobs are. But uh, the 76ers are planning to change Ben Simmons' roles for the re- uh, rest of the season. We'll talk about that next here on Locked on NBA. In early practices from the bubble, the 76ers are reportedly thrilled with Ben Simmons at Power Forward. They plan to use him there for the remainder of the season. Guys, this was this is an interesting development. I didn't think that the 76ers would benefit much from the break. I think a lot of people thought they would just because Joel Embiid gets healthy and stuff like that. But to me, I've always been saying this on this show, David. I don't care how healthy they are if they can't figure out the on-court chemistry. What do you do with Al Horford? What do you do with Embiid and Ben Simmons playing together? This always seemed like the obvious move. Ben Simmons, of course, is a, an all-star point guard, but you just follow the Milwaukee Bucks model, play him at power forward, let him handle the ball from there, whatever, but put floor spacers around him. If you have Embiid shooting threes from the five and you have Shake Milton and Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson around him to start, this just sort of feels like the 76ers took this time not only to get healthy, but really to reevaluate their whole thing here. And this feels like a good move. It feels like an obvious move, and it feels like they're happy with it so far. But why have Milton in the starting lineup if he's not going to be the primary ball handler? If you're just going to have him bring the ball up court and dish immediately to Simmons, what's what's the point of designating him as the starting floor spacing? And, and, he's shooting forty five percent from three. Small uh, sample you, but, size, but and Bead also mentioned in his Zoom call that he's been running the offense though. So isn't that and and that to Brett Brown's point that Simmons is playing off ball. So it's not just about him shifting to the power forward spot, but also him not being the team's point you know, point forward. And that's more of a concern to me is that I, I thought, you know, Simmons, like LeBron James, is better with the ball in his hand initiating offense. How realistic it is for him to take a back seat and to allow Shake Milton to run the offense, which it seems is how they're moving forward with Milton actually initiating offense and being the primary ball handler. Yeah, I do think that the one benefit of this is the fact that as you guys were touching on alluding to is that the Sixers need to figure something out. It it makes no sense to have two all-stars in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons that can't be on the floor together. It makes no sense for this team that on paper, you look at the the players they have, the numbers they have, the the talent they have to not be a top team, at least a top team competing to come out of the East like they should be higher. And so I think in this time that to have this, adjustment and and try something different with moving Ben Simmons, getting the ball less out of his hands in terms of bringing the ball up and in a different role. So now he's receiving the ball higher up the court in the low post position, maybe closer around the basket. We know he's not a threat from the perimeter. So why not have Shake Milton be the guy that's bringing the ball up and running the point? But I do wonder how well this is going to pan out in terms of rotations, but also just does it, like you mentioned, does it really make sense to have Shake Milton bringing the ball up if he's now just going to, here, Ben, now you run the offense. So it's, I'm not sure that Ben, Shake, Joel, the way that this triangle, and then you add in pieces like Josh Richardson and Al Horford, I'm not sure how that's going to look. But I think for the Sixers, to be honest, why not? I think for, for so long they have struggled with getting over the hump. So although I'd, I would have to see it kind of in person to really – wrap my head around it for it to make sense i think it's it's a gamble that's worth taking we know that what they were doing before wasn't fully working not enough so let's try something a little different it it kind of smacks of desperation doesn't it at least that's the sense i'm getting 
yeah, like, yeah. Like, like let's try something because Brett Brown's playing for his 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 coaching life here. Like we've already heard the rumors that he's on his way out if they don't go on a deep playoff run. And so it's like, well, let's try something because clearly it's not working. And that's why he's out here in front of the media saying that he's thrilled with everything that's working and how this is Ben Simmons' perfect role and everything like that. But it also it comes down to the same thing that it came down to before, whatever position you're playing Ben Simmons at. Guys have to make baskets, right? And it, yeah. it, from, it from, Joel, feet, from further than 10 feet away right. from the rim, especially. And specific to Joel Embiid, too, like he's going to continue to have to shoot threes, much to Shaquille O'Neal's chagrin. He's going to have to continue huh. to stretch the floor from the, from the center spot and make threes because – the difference between Ben Simmons, like what you could do now with Ben Simmons if he's not your quote unquote point guard, is you can use him as a screener more often. If you're using him off the ball, mm-hmm. use him the way the Warriors use Draymond Green. Use him as a screener. He can roll. He could catch the ball in the roll and dish to the corners and stuff like that to guys like Josh uh, Richardson, Tobias Harris, who can who are good shooters from out there. But it doesn't mean anything if Joel Embiid's still in the paint clogging the lane. So they, at the end of the day, you still got to figure out how to for how to how to make Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid work well together my thing is going into this is is this thing all revolving around ben simmons because even without the ball in his hand it seems like the lineup now is revolving around ben simmons so is he the star of the show or is joel and the star of the show who are you building everything around and based on this it kind of feels like they're building it around ben simmons which could make you think all right if they do have to break up this thing do they favor ben simmons or over joel and i know i'm getting way ahead of myself there but that's sort of what my, what my thought process was that's actually a very good point. And I think that even what you're when you talk about the the positions on the court that Ben Simmons needs needs the ball, Joel Embiid needs the ball, that is the that is the biggest issue. You know, you can't have both players, two all-star players having to be in the paint. Now Joel Embiid can can shoot and you see him looking to to stretch his game and be more of a perimeter threat. Ben Simmons of course still not that. So I think when you look at what Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson, Shake Milton, they we kind of have them figured out. It's these two, Ben and Joel, that have been the, the biggest question marks. And the saddest part is they are the two that should be leading this team. And we haven't seen them be able to figure it out. So I absolutely feel like it's desperation in the sense of this is our last, our last option that we can try to, to really change the look of our half-court offense, get Ben Simmons from bringing the ball up to now a lower spot on the floor and see what happens. But I still agree. I think regardless where you position players and what position you had them listed as, at the end of the day, if we can't, as a Sixers offense, figure out how do you get the ball running through both All-Stars' hands in a position where they're not in each other's way but playing off of each other, where, whether it is a pick and roll or whatever that offense looks like, it has to be something that's more impactful than what it's been in the past. So it still comes down to the biggest question mark. How are Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons going to work together regardless who was listed as the one, two, three, four, or five. Well said. And Renee, this will be uh, your is it your first show on Locked, your second show on Locked on NBA, right? Third show, actually. Third Lesson show number on Locked three. On All right. Well, <laughs> and whoever hasn't heard you already, can you tell them where they can find you on social media, where they can find your podcast? Absolutely. So I'm on social media at Renee P. Wash on Twitter, at Renee P. Washington on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check out Locked on Wizards at Locked on Wizards across all social media platforms as we're gearing up for the show to get started again as we prepare for for the start of the or the restart of the NBA season. So thank you guys so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, For Renee, for David, I'm Wes Goldberg. Uh, Locked on NBA is back tomorrow. Remember to listen to and subscribe to Locked on NBA on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you have some time, leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. Please stay safe.